Hello and welcome to Soilmates, the podcast for plant lovers by plant lovers. I'm your host Khadija, recording from my urban jungle in Lisbon, Portugal. Throughout the episodes, I will be talking to plant enthusiasts from all over the world. They will be sharing their stories with their soilmates, from the crush and the sweet honeymoon times, all the way down to the rocky road with all its ups and downs and finally to the everlasting love. This is episode 3 and let's say hi to our guest and find out where she's from and what's the name of her soulmate. Hi, I'm Magdalena from Luxembourg. My soulmate is my philodendron Salome. We've been together for four years. This week we are back in Europe and we traveled to the Grand Duchy of Luxembourg, also known as the Green Heart of Europe because of its fertile, green and lush countryside. I've been following Magdalena for a while now. And honestly, she's one of the funniest plant ladies I know. She's very creative and her contents are at the same time informative and entertaining. She's from Poland and currently living in Luxembourg with her husband and their toddler Leo. Fun fact, she studied pharmacy and failed botany five times at the university and hated it. In addition to her Instagram account called Liffy Jungle, Magdalena has a really nice blog called Leafy Jungle as well, full of care tips for all types of plants. And one fun thing that Magdalena shared with me is that the word leafy on her handle Leafy Jungle actually comes from that episode of Friends when Phoebe creates a game for the others to bet on, asks them to say what they like about trees, and when they get it wrong she goes... Both fine answers, but we were looking for leafy, leafy. Who else remembers that? Now let's hear from Magdalena about the very beginning of her metamorphosis into a crazy plant lady. Okay, so the story begins in Poland uh, four years ago. So in 2017, uh, in uh, wooded rural suburbs of Warsaw. It's a Poland's capital. Back then with my husband, we used to go visit his grandma uh, every sunny weekend. I was in the early stage of becoming a crazy plant lady. Um, and the first stage, as you probably know, is very, very dangerous. I call it the hoarding phase. Uh, I brought home literally everything that I could get my hands on. Seriously, I mean, my husband was afraid to go out with me. I would ask people for cuttings, buy random plants. Uh, I think once I've even bought plants and a gas station. Okay, fair enough. I think we all relate to that dangerous first phase of hoarding plants. Now let's move on to the crush. So then I asked Magdalena to tell me more about when she saw her soulmate for the first time and how she ended up bringing it home. So back to the story. Granny had some plants in the house, including uh, a huge Hoya carnosa overgrowing the sink of the entire rather spacious kitchen. Uh, some sad, overwatered orchids and a horribly ugly and dusty African violet. I, I remember this one. It was ugh. Uh, and then uh, she had also two large plants, unknown to me at the time. One was some viney weird thing, and uh, and what I thought was a palm. The, the second one. Uh, this palm looked so so sad I've almost heard it weeping uh, it had three leaves 
It was bent, a bit neglected, tied to a stick with uh, rags of various colors. Uh, and it was growing in a tiny, tiny pot. It I could use rather for, you know, growing peperomia than a uh, one and a half meter tall plant. Uh, so I started to ask about the palm every time we went and the granny wasn't born yesterday, of course. So finally she asked if I want the plant. Well, pff, yeah, thank you. Uh, so we've packed it to our little Toyota and that is how it ended up in my apartment in the city. Wow, so Magdalena's soulmate was actually also her very first plant rescue mission. That's exciting. So let's hear how Magdalena saved that big depressed palm. Okay, so first days were really, really weird. I had this uh, huge item in the middle of my living room with a gypsy vibe. Uh, I didn't know the idea of this plant. Uh, I didn't know how to report it or into what kind of medium. Uh, I started digging through the internet and that is how I found out about the Instagram plant community actually. Uh, my pharmacy background helped me with uh, establishing the origin of this plant. I, I found out that it was some kind of philodendron. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! It's a, a philodendron! So I bought a ready mix for phyllos in a garden center and a wooden support for it. Uh, so first we did some spa. Uh, it went into the shower for hours, for hours. Yeah, actually I, I kept uh, it uh, for a whole day there uh, for a gentle summer rain uh, spa. When I got to the roots, uh, I couldn't take off the shoe that uh, it has been living in. Uh, it was so tight that I actually had to cut through the plastic to get it out. And there was no soil left there. It was so curious. Um, how did it even survive? I didn't know. Anyway, after putting uh, it into fresh soil and a larger pot, it looked really refreshed. Uh, I was beaming. I've put it in a bright corner uh, of my green, green living room and waited. And then, after just a couple of days, it happened. Something was emerging. It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! It was a new leaf, of course. I was walking around it all day, every day. It was so, so beautiful. Lush and green, like a, you know, juicy, bright green. It was uh, as if the philodendron was saying thank you. I took my first picture then and that was the birth of Leafy Jungle. Uh, you can still actually see my first post It's uh, with uh, this philodendron. Uh, it's, it was the first philodendron leaf I cultivated. Shortly after that I've met some plenty geeks on Instagram. And we formed a group which lasts to this day. We called ourselves the Green Contraband. Uh, one of my friends told me that uh, the philodendron's full name is Philodendron Salome, recently assigned to the Tomatophilum family, uh, now called actually Tomatophilum bifinafidium. What? Literally double winged because of the shape of its leaves. Uh, it is actually called a tree philodendron because it is one of the few 
that lives in the ground without uh, climbing other trees. So it's not an epiphyte. Yes, guys, today we're going to be calling this plant a philodendron salome. Because its other name is just unpronounceable. I mean, seriously? Thomatophyllum bipinatifidum, Thomatophyllum bipinatifidum, 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 Bipinatifidum. Some botanists specialize in naming species. They're called taxonomists. Their job is to verify the origins of plants and animals and the links between them to classify them and give them appropriate names. So every now and then, plant names can actually change according to the discoveries that are made. And in 2018, a group of taxonomists realized that these guys were genetically different from the philodendrons they were originally grouped with. And so they moved them into the Thomatophyllum group. But their common names are still Philodendron Salome, Lacy Tree Philodendron or Horsehead Philodendron. So for now, let's just stick to the common name of Philodendron Salome for this plant. It's native to South America, but let's hear how it thrived in Magdalena's urban jungle in Poland. All those upgrades she gave it probably made it happier than at Granny's home. So, uh, we lived happily ever after. In a short time it was a huge tree with uh, not only three, but 15 huge leaves. I mean, huge, enormous. It was so lush. My husband called it Doomsday after a giant scary monster from the DC comic universe. Uh, well, I watered it regularly every week, week then uh, winter came. And I didn't slow down or adjust accordingly. Uh, so the leaves started to yellow and I didn't really know what was happening. I didn't um, ever have this... That, huge plant as this. After a few days I've decided to check the roots mm. and yeah you know uh, I wasn't in a hurry because it was living in a 60 liter pot it was darn heavy. Of course the main root was starting to rot. Uh, I gave it too much water and it was too cold the soil was swampy. I was torn. So much work such a good times and now this. Overwatering episodes during that crucial transition phase from summer to winter, we've probably all been there. In winter, the days are shorter and indoor houseplants receive less light through the windows. And as a result, photosynthesis slows down and the plant enters a resting phase. Plants that are dormant do not require as much water as growing plants do during spring and summer. So basically, I think the only way to avoid any tragedies is trusting your finger. At least that's what has always worked for me. Before watering my plants, I always stick a finger into the soil to check its moisture and then give the plant a good soaking only when the soil is dry. For those of you who don't trust their fingers, there are many soil moisture meters out there, super easy to use and they will prevent you from killing any plants. Because unfortunately, root rot can lead to a very fast death if you don't take action fast. And it's a good thing that Magdalena was constantly observing her pawn, I mean her philodendron, because she acted pretty fast and she was very efficient. Let's hear about that. I was really angry at myself. I cleaned all the roots with my husband's help. 
<laughs> actually all the all the all the road all the path from the living room to the bathroom was black it looked like we've killed someone there um after giving it uh, anti-fungi treatment, we've managed to put it into fresh soil and this time I decreased my watering. Uh, it recovered fairly quickly, I must say. Um, maybe it's because I had respond immediately. Uh, then the spring came uh, and everything was okay till we've decided that we are going to move to Luxembourg. My husband got a job there and it was a great opportunity so we had to go. Back then, I think I had over 200 plants in my apartment. So how on earth was I going to take them all with me? I had to sell or give away almost all of my collection. Back then, I didn't have really rare plants, so... Um, it was fairly easy uh, to give them away, but not this one. It was too precious, you know, it, it had a story. So I gave it to my mom for the time being and promised that over Christmas I would take it uh, back with me because I couldn't put it in, the, in my tiny car with all my stuff in there. Uh, my mom nearly killed it. <laughs> it was overwatered again. You know, too much love will kill you. It was hungry, didn't have any fertilizer for over half, half uh, of the year and it got thrips and with thrips, oh well, you know how it is, it's, uh, it's hard to get rid of them. It had uh, five leaves again when I took him with me. Well, it survived the long road from Poland to Luxembourg, buried in a small car, so it was not that bad. Ugh. Thrips are a total nightmare. Of all the pests that I've dealt with so far, I think thrips are probably the worst. And I've dealt with a bunch of pests like mealybugs, spider mites, aphids, scale. Thrips just cause the most widespread damage and they're sneaky, you know? They just hide in places waiting to make a comeback after you think you got rid of them. And I can confirm from my experience that they do seem to love philodendrons. And they are very fast when it comes to damaging them. I usually avoid using chemical products at home, so first I tried spraying down the leaves and stems with a mixture of neem oil and soap. But that didn't work for me. Those little suckers just kept coming back and I really got desperate, so I ended up using a chemical systemic insecticide. And for me, that's the only thing that has ever worked with thrips. But philodendrons are also super resilient plants. So Magdalena fulfilled her promise and got back to pick her soil mate up and take it to the new home in Luxembourg. Let's hear how that went and what lessons she learned throughout this whole process of constantly moving with the plant and making it adapt and adjust to its new environment. Since then we are on and off in recovery from that trip and from thrips actually. In March we had to move again and now we live in a rather shady house and we are learning again to thrive in new conditions. You know there is always a good spot for this philodendron in every apartment. Uh, and it always has to be carefully thought through. 
right now we are trying we were trying one spot but it was too dark and too cold I've learned that uh, you have to give your plant uh, space to breathe and wait a couple of months to see if the spot is actually right because at the beginning it might not look so the plant uh, needs the time to adjust Philodendron produced uh, offspring always uh, when he was unhappy. I think that he wanted to save himself because he felt endangered. That is actually very wise. You know, the nature is amazing. And the little Salomes went to my friends in Poland for an <laughs> exchange program, let's say. Uh, they are strong and growing and their mother is proud. Now we are a little bit in a regression again. Recently the philodendron has been repotted uh, because the pot was too small in my opinion. I used a mix of cocoa coir, perlite, palm mix, sphagnum moss and leca so it is more airy mix than usual uh, because this philodendron in my house is used to heavy soil so it will probably drop some leaves even though the new soil at the end will be more comfortable for the roots. The philodendron regenerates now in the shady part of the garden because it is warm enough at night and the amplitudes are not so high in Luxembourg. So keep fingers crossed. I mean, I love this plant and I hope it will thrive again. Awesome. I hope that too. So today's takeaways from Magdalena's experience with philodendron salome, and this can be applied to other large and fast-growing philodendrons. First, plants need space. In their natural habitat, they are not surrounded by walls, and sometimes we tend to forget that. When we bring a plant home, we also might want to try different spots to test and see where it will grow happier. But when moving it, it's important to wait some time and observe the plant to see how well it adapts to the new spot before moving it again. And finally, and this is linked to the previous point, plants actually have a survival instinct. And that's totally fascinating. Research has shown that plants respond and adjust to variations in light caused by shading from their environment or to changing temperatures. And in our homes, they actually do the same. They keep responding and adjusting to whatever conditions we put them in. So we just need to be smart too and help them by providing them with the best conditions we can and then let them do the rest. And philodendrons make great indoor plants because they actually adapt to various lighting and water conditions and thrive indoors very well. They also tend to like warmer climates so if you can keep your indoor areas warm, they will continue to grow and thrive even during the winter. Thanks Magdalena and thank you guys for listening to episode 3 of the Soilmates podcast. Subscribe, rate and leave a review on Spotify or Google Podcasts. And if you want to play along and be interviewed, get in touch by sending me a direct message on Instagram at underscore soilmates underscore. See you at the next episode. Bye!